0: Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to John George Ministries, where you can find revelatory truths to transform your life, increasing your understanding of spiritual things, and to propel you into helping others with the miracle ministry of deliverance that we all have in Jesus Christ. This is a free broadcast brought to you by our faithful supporters. To sign up for our email list, mobile app, hear testimonies, receive more free teachings, partner with us, or to host John George Ministries in your area please visit our website at JohnGeorgeMinistries.com. And that's spelled J-O-N. Now here's today's broadcast.
1: Hey everybody, I wanted to thank you for tuning in today. I pray that you watch the entirety of this video. I'm going to try to make it short, cut to the chase, but at the same time I want to include a lot of good points that uh, I really feel are very important. Uh, I want to talk about the Deliverance Ministry and how I got involved. And some of the things that the Lord has shown me real quick. One of the things is uh how I got involved in the deliverance ministry was not uh at all by any uh sense my leading at all. My mind did not was not did not play the forefront or the uh rudder uh for the direction of um where I was led or how I was led there. Um, I was, in other words, I was not looking for demons. I had no idea that the demons were in the areas where I was headed or where I was going. I didn't realize there were demons. I mean, I knew there were demons from the Bible, but I mean, I just figured that, you know, mostly they were in the people that are in psych wards or, you know, just complete lunatics, uh, murderers, and different things like that, you know. Um, but I had no idea of the things that the Lord was about to show me and where He was about to take me. So it all started out when he began to reveal to me his, uh, will to heal. Uh, I, you know, I thank God for, I thank God for, um, for the, for ministers. I really do. Um, you know, not, I mean, I'm in ministry, yeah, and, and I, I can appreciate what the Lord uses me for, but I thank God for, for ministers that ministered into my life. And, um, you know, I would sit under, uh, ministers and pastors and different things and some pastors and some ministers would preach that god you know wanted everybody healed and that was the bottom line and then other ministers would say you know if it's his will to heal and you know and i could understand i could easily grasp the if it's his will to heal but i had a real hard time with the ministers who would preach that god wants everybody well because I thought if God wants everybody well, then why is everybody so sick? Why is everybody so tormented? Why is everybody, you know, I mean, how come people aren't getting healed? I mean, I'm going, to, I go to church, and you know, I hear the the Holy Spirit speaking to me, um, and He changed my life. But there was people that our church were grieving over because they were dying off, battling cancer, and we would get calls to pray for these people, and we would pray for them, and they would still die. And, I'd be like, why, if God is, his, if it's God's will to heal, then why are all these people dying in my in my good churches that I'm connected with, and they good they were good churches they were they were churches that brought forth the presence of God that changed my life. So, you know, they were good churches and they still are. And so I would have a real problem with ministers who were preaching. That, or that, who even talked in private discussions that God wanted everybody healed, and I thought to myself, well, that's you know, obviously not true because that's not what's happening. And so then the Lord began to develop just this real deep um, battle within me of that particular theology, and He, I thank God that He made that He was so aggressive, because it was difficult. It was difficult to go through and I began to uh, I went to a a ministry school uh, um, where the minister was teaching how God wanted everybody well and I was um, and I had I had just literally left a church and went to a different one because I didn't agree with what they were preaching that about how God wanted everybody well and then god sent me to this this ministry school where the minister was talking about how god wanted everybody well. <laughs> so I was like, you know, I was like, all right, you know, and I really knew that god wanted me there. So I stayed there. But I just disagreed with the minister and I told him and I shared with him and there was a couple people that were in my class that at my table that you know, were in agreement with me and they disagreed with me. They disagreed with the with the minister too. But on my way home one night after that specific class when i was just talking to the minister and uh, some classmates of mine i was in the van and we were responsible for taking several people home uh that we brought to the school with us and i was talking with them about you know this the out this battle this theological battle that i was having and i just In the middle of our conversation, as we came to that pausing place in our conversation where there was just stillness and quietness, I just cried out to God, you know, out loud and just in the the middle of the, the car ride home. I just said, God, I have to know. God, I absolutely have to know. I need to know the truth of this theology. Is it your will for everyone to be healed? And God spoke to me in that moment. And he spoke to me in that moment. And, um, and he spoke to me something that really uh, challenged me, and, um, but it wasn't, it wasn't over. The battle was still there. And so I kept going and he kept revealing and he kept revealing and he kept revealing until finally somebody sent me a teaching uh, by Andrew Womack called God Wants You Well. And it really began to destroy some sacred cows that I had in my theology, some scriptures that I had wrong interpretations of, in fact, that are wrongfully interpreted across the board, like Paul's thorn in the flesh. Most people don't understand Paul's thorn in the flesh um, and what that really stood for. And Andrew Womack describes that three times in the Old Testament. There is a thorn in the flesh that is referenced twice. It's a thorn in the eye or a thorn in the side, and once it's a thorn in the eye, but all three times it's referencing a people group rising up within the land as an enemy attacking them. And we know that's exactly what happened to the Apostle Paul, and we also know that the Apostle Paul frequented the Old Testament. In fact, it's all he knew. In fact, he was a professional in that study. So they had church lingo back then like we have today and he was using this church slang and he was saying, oh, you know, this thorn in my flesh. People knew what that was back then. It was a enemy group rising up in opposition against the individual from within their own land. How do I know that? Because the Bible says confirm every matter on the testimony of two or three witnesses and all three times from three different writers in the old testament they are always referencing an enemy group rising up within the land against them and i'm telling you right now that shattered my false theology shattered my false theology and i began to just like i mean that was one of the strongest foundations of why god didn't want people well well what about the apostle paul And I was like, wow, like, you know, so, okay. (laughs) That was a really strong starting point. And I began, that was when my eyes really began to open. And then Jesus says, you know, the disciples say, show us the father, Jesus, show us the father. And Jesus says, have I not been with you long enough? If you've seen me, you've seen the father. And he was the perfect expression of Father God here on the earth in human form. And everywhere that Jesus went, he manifested healing. In fact, it was unsolicited by him at times and people got healed without him even initiating it. We all know about the story with the woman who touched his hem, the woman with the issue of blood who touched his hem, the hem of his garment. But what we don't understand is that there's also another scripture in the New Testament that says all who touched his hem were made whole. It says that as many as touched him were made whole. People were just thronging Jesus from the town and they were just saying, you know, I just have to touch him because healing virtue was flowing out of him freely, unsolicited, uninitiated by him it was just freely flowing and we know that's true because jesus turned around when the woman with the issue of blood touched him and he said who touched me because he felt the virtue come out of him he didn't initiate that she did by her faith and it just freely was flowing from him and i was you know i began to see and that the bible says there's many scriptures that says and all of the town brought all of their sick and demon-possessed. And Jesus healed them all. The scripture specifically says that. So what? Was Jesus, um, was he, did, did he discriminate on a town-by-town basis? You see, they brought, it says they brought the whole town of sick people and demon-possessed people. And he healed them all. And then there was one case where he could not do any mighty work except heal a few sick people. And he said it was because of their unbelief. Because of their lack of coming into agreement with what so freely flowed from him and who he was and his identity. So I'm telling you, I am so excited to share with you, first of all, what those things that the Lord has shown me. But that's all he did was show me how it was his will to heal everybody. The man at the tombs who was uh, cutting himself and uh, walking around naked and breaking the chains that they tried to bind him with, who was demon-possessed, when Jesus left that man, it says that that man was left after his encounter with Jesus Christ and he was in his right mind. The Bible says that The Lord hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of what kind of spirit has he given us? It says love, power, and soundness of mind. If there is distraught uh, mentality, if there is uh, worry and excessive fear and, 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 and schizophrenia, I mean, all these different things, depression, suicidal thoughts, continuous lustful thoughts, you know, all these different things. The Bible says that, that soundness of mind is his portion for us. So not just physical healing, but emotional and mental healing as well. God began to show me how Jesus healed the whole man. The Bible says by his stripes we were healed. And then he began to show me about persistence. The parable of the persistent widow, the parable of the friend at midnight or the friend in need. And he was showing me that, and Jesus described these parables, and then he went on to say, because of their persistence, he said, they continued to ask and they continued to knock until it was given to them what they were seeking. And Jesus says, so I say to you, seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. Ask and it shall be given to you. He says, will not God avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him? Guys, we have to we have to mentally get a picture of that. What does it look like to cry out day and night to him? Does it look like the, the fleeting McDonald's drive-through prayer sessions that we have sometimes when we pray for people as Christians? No, it looks like a crying out of day and night. Could you imagine if we believed in the word of God so much to where we would intercede for somebody day and night because we knew that it, God would heal them? What kind of a, a manifestation that would take in their life? God was showing me the, 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 the principle of persistence. And he was, he was saying, if you, you have to believe in what the Bible says and what the word of God says, and you have to go after that No matter what kind of opposition, no matter what kind of resistance, no matter what kind of opposing manifestation takes place or circumstance, everything that is in the existence of what we see as reality could be screaming otherwise of what the Word of God says, but God says, nevertheless, don't pay attention to all that. Pay attention to my Word. And he says... Don't focus on what is seen. Focus on what is unseen, for what is seen is temporal, what is unseen is eternal. We're supposed to be eternally minded. We're supposed to be focusing on what is unseen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Don't focus on what we see, but focus on what the word of God says that it may not be visible or manifesting in the natural realm at this point. On earth as it is in heaven, Jesus says. Pray that the Father's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Guys, there's a lot of things that happens in this life that is not the will of God. Sorry to disagree with modern Christianity and maybe what some of your leadership might be telling you, but I'm telling you right now, it is not so. The Bible says God is not willing that any should perish but people are perishing every single day. That's the biggest description that there are so many things happening today in this world that is not the will of God. Not the will of God. The scripture says he is not willing that any should perish, but yet people are perishing every single day. Jesus, you know, Jesus was about to go to the cross. We know that he was sent by God to fulfill the greatest purpose that ever existed on this earth, the redemption of mankind. And Jesus was about to go to the cross, about to go to the cross, and he said to his disciples, get up and pray. Pray. Why? Why would they need to pray? You heard the term, if God is in it, he will get you through it or he will see to it and get you through it, right? Well, it was the will of God for Jesus to go to the cross. But Jesus said, pray. It was the will of God for Peter to be the rock on which the church was founded. But Jesus told Peter, Satan has asked to sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you. There are many times when when it is the will of God but we need to pray that will on the earth. Otherwise, Jesus would have never had to pray for Peter because it was the will of God. You see? Otherwise, Jesus would have never prayed in the garden, sweating drops of blood he was praying so hard because he would have just been able to rest knowing God will see to it and see you through it. We need to understand there is a battle that has ensued that we are in the middle of, guys. We need to start believing in the word of God. So now God started convicting me on my inability to go pray for people. He was saying, listen, first of all, he said, if you really believe in my word, it will be producing an action in your life for healing. If you really believe that I want everybody healed, then you need, then you would be out there praying for people. If you really believed I commissioned mankind when I said go and heal the sick, were the words of Jesus. If you really believed that and that it was from God Himself, then you would be out there going and healing the sick. So, now I'm convicted, and I'm like, wow. Okay, God has given me a revelation of healing, but now he's giving me a revelation that I'm not doing anything about it. And he showed me by giving me this description of this lottery ticket, and he said, if you, if you go down to the, the local convenience store and you, you play the lottery, and you come home, and you're watching the evening news, and next thing you know, the uh, evening news is reading off the lottery numbers. The little ping pong balls come up in the little vacuum chute and they begin twisting the ball to where the number faces the screen and you're reading off the numbers, matching them with the ones that are on your ticket and every single number matches your ticket that you just bought the night before. There's going to rise up in you a level of confidence, a level of zeal, a level of joy, a level of excitement, so strongly that it is going to take your physical self off of your lazy position on the couch, (laughs) and it is going to cause you maybe jump up and down, maybe shout a little bit, but nevertheless, that is going to lead you down to your local lottery department where you're going to tell them, I have a redemption to cash in on today. I'm here to redeem my winnings, and if the woman at the lottery department picks up the wrong sheet of paper and happens to look at the week before his numbers and says, oh, I'm sorry, these are not this week's numbers. You must have an old ticket. You're going to say, uh-uh, you need to check that thing again, please. <laughs> because you are confident that you bought that thing at that particular time and you remember everything specifically and you're going to counter that opposing force that comes against you. So he was saying, God was saying, if you really believe in my word and that you really are joint heirs with Jesus Christ, seated in heavenly places with him, doesn't say you will be seated. It says we are currently seated in heavenly places with him. It says we are seated in heavenly places with him. So if you really believe you're joint heirs with Christ, then... Is Christ up there suffering with anxiety, depression, worthlessness, um, illness, cancer, disease? No, he's not. And we ought not be either. So now he's saying, if you really believe in my word, which is the winning lottery ticket, then you would be going forth with the same excitement as if it's a winning million dollar lottery ticket. We need to be. We should be. We ought to be. It says that we. Have, this is the. This is the. The, the fix all for the broken and dying world that we live in. It is the fix all for the broken and broken and dying world that we live in. The Bible says the only description for sickness and poverty and lack and and um, emptiness and all these different things. Everything that is opposite of abundant life. What Jesus came to give us is part of the curse, and the Bible says that Jesus has redeemed us from the curse. He has reconciled the world unto himself, and he has redeemed us from the curse of the law of sin and death. So for those who are in Christ, we have been redeemed from everything that was responsible for inflicting these disturbances on mankind that came in from Satan, through Adam and Eve, and corrupted mankind. But that's why God says Jesus was the second Adam and he has reconciled the world unto himself where Satan was called the God of this world in the Bible. So now we have a job to do as we've been commissioned to go. So with the revelation of healing and then accompanied with the revelation of persistence, Accompanied with the conviction to go and do something about it, I was led to break through some doubts that I had, some insecurities that I had, some fears that I had, to go and pray for people. I started praying for my customers, for my business. And I used to be afraid that it was going to bring religion in the workplace and that I was going to lose some customers for the sake of the gospel. And I had to break through that. There was, you know, your fears may be different. Your doubts may be different. Your insecurities may be different. But that was just one example of one of 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 the things that I endured. And I'm glad I endured that because that was a big one that the Bible says is not cool. It says, if you're ashamed of me, I will be ashamed of you. So I began to pray for people and not everybody was getting healed, but some people were, some people were getting healed. And I thought to myself, man, if I pray for 100 people and only one or even 10 get healed, that's one or 10 that would have never gotten healed if I hadn't prayed for 100 people. So now is it about me or is it about them? So now, thank God that it became about them and it wasn't about me, because if it was about me, I would have thought, one in 100, really? That's a a lot of disappointment a lot of embarrassment a lot of no it was about them so I kept going and I kept going and I kept going and it began to increase but the interesting thing was guys and here's what I'm about to share with you as I began to pray for people for periods of time more than just a couple of fleeting moments sometimes it was just quick and instantaneous but other times it was just spending time in prayer but during that process, demons began to pop up in people as I just believed for their healing. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. If I didn't know the truth of God's will to heal, these demons would have never been forced to surface. They would have stayed hidden, disguising themselves as biological, medical, emotional, mental, Disorders that needed everything other than Jesus Christ to fix. Counseling, medicine, surgery, whatever. And because I knew the truth and that it was God's will to heal people in the mind, in the heart, and in the body. These things started to surface as I began to spend time just believing in Jesus' name for their healing. And then I would be forced to confront these spirits as they began to pop up. I wasn't ready for it by any sense of the term. Other than the fact that I had the spirit of God living within me. And it was him that confronted them. So in the moment it was like instinct I knew what to do. And I would get rid of the demons and the person's issues would be gone. And this happens so many times, guys, because I would just spend time in prayer with people. They can't stay hidden anymore when you, I can't explain it. But Jesus says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. All it was was me embracing his truth. I had no idea there was any demons there. And I was definitely not on the hunt for demons. In fact, they freaked me out the thought of it and watching videos on YouTube and stuff like that of other ministers, I I didn't like it. In fact, I would watch it and I would get so freaked out I would stop watching it for like a year at a time. (laughs) And, you know, it would freak me out. I remember one time I was reading a book on on this guy doing a deliverance. Um, It was this book, I was just a new Christian and it was called Glimpses of the Devil by Scott Peck. And I was reading this book and I was like, I got so freaked out, I put the book, I rented it at the library. We were so broke when I started my life over that I, we didn't have cable. We would rent stuff in the library, which was good. And I was, I was you know, developing my faith at the time. So I was in the religious section and I, saw, I found this book, Glim- Glimpses of the Devil, and I was like, you know, started reading the cover and I thought, that's kind of interesting. So I started reading the book and the guy was talking about a deliverance session where he was confronting a demon. And I was so freaked out, I put the book down and almost had a panic attack. And uh, never picked up the book again, took it back to the library and said, forget it. (laughs) Like this was not, this was not my pick at all of what God wanted me to do or of what I wanted God to do through me. So, so then, okay, so as these demons are popping up everywhere, I'm, I'm, I'm confronting them. And they're, and I'm getting rid of them by the spirit of God in me. Next thing you know, the, the person's issues are gone. In fact, so many issues were leaving associated with the deliverance that there were even things we talked about. They would call me a couple days later, and they'd be like, you know, I'm experiencing this differently and that differently and this differently, and this is gone. And, and I'm just like, wow, you know, this is, pretty, uh, this is pretty amazing. So, you know, praise God. Well, you know, so then I just believe some, for somebody else's healing, and then another demon would pop up, and I'm like, what is going on? And guys, after a while, I started getting it. I started getting it the Bible is actually true and it does say Satan comes to steal kill and destroy. And I started recognizing wow, you know, there's actually something to God's word. You know? And it started I started like I started seeing the Bible in a whole new way and it started making sense to where I'd never made sense before and like everything came together in the word of God. I got it all. And well, most of it anyway. <laughs> and so Now, after many months of praying for people and seeing demons just everywhere, now i started going after the demons because I knew that God had done a sneak attack on me because he caused, he led me into the deliverance ministry in spite of me, in spite of my theology, in spite of my mind, in spite of my, my, my will, in spite of everything that had to do with me because I was not looking for demons. But they were popping up everywhere as he showed me the truth that he wanted to show me to get me to where I'm at today so he could help people. So I hope this helps settle some things. The Bible says, Jesus says, these signs shall follow them that believe. And in my name they'll cast out demons. They'll heal the sick. They'll raise the dead. You know, the, only, the only stipulation for you to be able to do this ministry is that you believe, okay? You believe that Jesus Christ came to save the world and that no matter what people's issues are, God can set them free. And if you begin to pray for them, those people with that as your heart, foundation, you will begin to see some things. I can't tell you what you're going to see and what it's gonna look like because your ministry may look different than mine, but I'll tell you what it should look like at the end of the day. It should look like that person being set free. The way God leads you and, and the way that, you know, that all works out may be specific to you, but at the end of the day, the end result should be the same and it should be freedom, totality of freedom for that person. So, I really hope this has settled some things. I really hope this has addressed some, some concerns, some questions, some uh, desires. And, um, you know, and I know that I'm, that God has led me specifically to this, this, this way because I asked him for it. I remember years ago, I read this book by Carlos Anacondia. Carlos Anacondia is a deliverance minister in Argentina, and... You know, he's um, an evangelist, and he would preach to an open-air crusade with about 3,000 people in attendance, and he would preach them the gospel, and he would command Satan to leave the people everywhere he's attached to them, and then hundreds of people would fall down on the ground manifesting demons, and then they would get set free. And I would read his book uh, about this, and they called it the Argentinian Revival, and you know I would read his book and I was just captivated by this and I was like wow you know this is the kind of stuff that I read about in the bible but that I'm definitely not seeing in the church and I specifically asked God in my kitchen one day when I was praying I couldn't get it off my heart I just I was like this is this is so beautiful man the the people getting set free this looks more like Jesus walking the earth than anything that I've seen today as far as my experience in the church and I asked God I said God I said I want that specific anointing. I those were my exact words. I said I God, I want the specific anointing of Carlos Anacondia. Because he would preach, he would heal and he would deliver. Like all those three things were in his ministry and I loved it. It was like the it was the fullness of what I saw in Christ. He would preach the gospel. <clears throat> he would introduce God to the people which would lead them to him, through, to God, through him. And then I would, or then, he, I'm sorry, he would um, heal the sick. He would pray for people for healing and they would get healed. And then he would pray for people for deliverance and they would get delivered. And so I was seeing that and I was like, this is the most perfect replica of what I see in Christ in the scriptures that, than, compared to what I see today. And it was so far away and so distant in Argentina, you know, and I just said, God, I, I want that. I want that. And this, 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 this laughter just came up in me and I began to just like, this. I broke out with this joy and I knew immediately that God was saying, it's yours, it's yours. And that was it. I forgot all about it. I forgot all about it. I mean, that prayer happened a couple of times. But two years went by, and and I was like, I wasn't even thinking about demons. I wasn't even thinking about, you know, but it all started this battle of, of healing. This theological battle about healing started within me. And then as I began to pray for people, these demons would pop up. And I was like, I remember reading about this. And again, like I said, I wasn't looking for demons. But today I do because I know who my enemy is. And I think that there were a big problem in the church is, you know, because we don't realize that Christians can have demons is why so many Christians are dying of cancer. And they don't even see the connection that their ancestors had cancer for the past two generations. And people are praying for this person and praying and praying and praying. And nothing's happening. And many times in prayer, when there's, a, when there's a spiritual opposition there, it'll seem like there's a block to the prayer and like nothing's happening. So you've got to get rid of the opposition first. Then the healing comes. Many times simultaneous. Many times it's deliverance brings forth the healing. Many times it's just healing. So I just thank you guys for following the ministry that God has just blessed me with. I mean, it is an honor to live this life. When I was a kid, I remember praying, because my childhood was really difficult. And I remember praying a prayer to God at like somewhere around 15 years old. And I said, God, I said, make my adult life the exact opposite of my childhood. And God has literally taken everything that the enemy has used for my harm. And he has totally thrown it in his face a million fold. It's ridiculous all the lives that he is helping through this vessel that just asked him into his heart one day. And asked him to take over his life. So maybe that's you today. And you're wanting to say yes to Jesus Christ. I encourage you to do that and stay committed to it because it's going to be the best decision that you or anyone else could ever make in this life, in this world, in this existence, for eternity's sake.
0: Thank you for listening to another revelatory message from John George Ministries. It is because of faithful supporters and listeners like you that help us to continue to provide this content to more and more bringing freedom and training to the masses. To sow into more messages like this or to connect with us on our various platforms, please visit our website at johngeorgeministries.com. And don't forget, John is spelled J-O-N. God bless you.